0: Vikings fans, welcome in to the Skull Hop. Evan here, got Austin. Hello, hello. And we're just a couple of dudes from Iowa who like drinking beer and talking about the Vikings. Yeah. Skull, my friend. Skull. And so far, the beer has been
1: more fun than the Vikings.
0: Well, yeah. That's true. Mhm. It's definitely not like last season.
1: No, last season that was a that was an anomaly. That was a <laughs> once in a lifetime season. And it's crazy to say that after a you know, one playoff appearance with a loss, but
0: Yeah. Well we're gonna enjoy these beers here. Yeah. And we're gonna talk about the abysmal start to the season, but let's make sure we mention what we're drinking here first. Yeah. So a few weeks ago
1: I talked about how I attended uh Oktoberfest in the Amana colonies. That's right. Uh well one of the beers that I had there was from Millstream.
0: It was their Oktoberfest.
1: Um, and so that is what we are drinking
0: tonight. What do you think about it, Ove? Ab? I like it. I've had this one before, and mm. as you know, if you're a listener of the podcast... All all three of you. All five of you <laughs> or less. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I think we have a few more than three. Hopefully. <laughs> Maybe not this week. Uh, but if you've been listening at all, you know that I love Oktoberfest. It's yeah. one of my favorites, and... This is a good one for sure. Yeah, I like this one a lot too.
1: Uh, so much so that I went back to it within you know a couple of weeks of having it the first time. So this is uh, Millstreams Oktoberfest, made, brewed, canned everything in. I guess I don't know if it says canned in there. Brewed and packaged in Amana, Iowa. So that's right. Uh, check it out if you haven't already. It's uh it's hitting the spot and it's kind of easing our pain a little bit right now. And
0: I'm not superstitious. I am a little stitious, (laughs) but the last time we had Oktoberfest on the podcast, the Vikings won the next week. So they
1: they did. So maybe we—it's our fault. Yeah, because we did not have
0: an Oktoberfest last week, Mm. leading up to the Chiefs game. So,
1: well, that kind of lends credence to the idea of Kirktober. I mean. Mm. October has been a, an on month for Kirk Cousins in his career. It has. Um, I didn't plan on saying that. Otherwise, I'd probably like have his career stats in front of me in October. But it's pretty good. I'm pretty sure his he once won you know NFC Player of the Month in October, either last year or the year before. Um, so maybe it just took him a minute to wake up. And now that we're really
0: into October, he can get back to those Kirktober days. Well, he hasn't been playing bad, though. I mean, he's been statistically top three in almost every major category Mm -hmm. in terms of quarterbacks in the league, not just in the NFC. But, I mean, league-wide, Kirk has been one of the best quarterbacks playing football so far.
1: Yeah, he's been really good. And it's really good that um, great quarterback play always equals wins in this league. Um, (laughs) I wish that was (laughs) case. This (laughs) This uh, <laughs> this is almost another argument for Kirk in the idea that wins are not a quarterback stat um, because his poorest game this season is the only Vikings win so far. Um, yeah, and I don't know.
0: Should we be rooting for
1: a more mediocre Kirk so that the wins start coming?
0: Well, I, there is a correlation. It maybe isn't a perfect correlation between quarterback play and winning. Mhm. But I mean y- you got to look at the bigger picture here. We've uh we've struggled to run the ball almost all year.
1: Mhm.
0: And you know, now we're down our best player, arguably one of the league's best players. Absolutely. And I don't expect Kirk to drop in production.
1: I mean, I can see where that thought process is coming from, because like, yeah, JJ, one of the league's top five players, I don't think you can really argue with that, you can definitely say he's the best player in the league, Um, he's out for at least four games, sounds like it could be a little bit more than four, we're not too sure yet, Um, the team has kind of said that they're not going to rush him back on the field, I don't know why you would with a 1-4 and record especially, but they've also been talking up uh, Addison ever since the draft. I mean, the only negative thing we've heard about him so far, which I'm, you know, reiterating the coach's words from this week, the only negative we've really heard is that that speeding ticket, which thank God that turned out the way it did rather than like yeah. a scarier ending. But I mean, I think the kind of mindset is that, well, it's not like we're we It's not like the Vikings are, you know, coming in with a huge record anyways, and you're going up against another really bad record team in the league, um, and you have a really hyped up rookie wide receiver who theoretically could step into those shoes and hopefully keep that pass game up to the way it was before JJ went down.
0: Yeah, and I'm just looking at the box score from the Chiefs game this last week. I mean, he still had... Jordan Addison had six catches for 64 yards, Mm -hmm. which is a 10-yard average, basically, and a touchdown on nine targets. So, I mean, if JJ's not there, it seems like, at least in the very small sample size that we have of, like, the last part of the third quarter and all of the fourth quarter of the Chiefs game this last week, Jordan might be the guy that Kirk looks for first. Mm -hmm. And then you know some of those other guys tj and kj will have to step up
1: yeah i man tj he's been had some drops he's been frustrating so far yeah i mean he's he's been okay but he's had some very eye-opening plays that are negative for the team i mean the the dropped pass against I don't even remember who all we've played so far. Against the Chargers, I'm pretty sure at the end of the game that if he would have caught, mm-hmm. that would have been a win. Um, I think it was also against the Chargers. One of his first catches, he caught the ball for a decent gain, and then the defender just came up and snagged the ball out of his hand. Um, he's had some drops. I don't think Kirk has been perfect on all of those those missed catches by TJ, but when you when you're – in some some senses the highest paid tight end in the league you gotta show up i mean the joke on twitter has been like what happened to tj's hands well they're full of money now um i don't think i don't think it's quite that bad i think he's gonna be okay like we haven't seen you know the beginning of a downfall of his entire career but it's been frustrating and i'm sure he's just he's got to be just as frustrated as anybody else but He's not faultless, and he needs to get better, just like the rest of the team. Nobody's faultless until you're, you know, a completely undefeated season with a Super Bowl.
0: Like nobody goes through the whole season being perfect. Even if you are the seventy-two Dolphins or whatever they were, the, <laughs> I mean, they weren't perfect either. Yeah. I mean, they probably had some close games, and <clears> that you know, the more recent example would be the Patriots that were perfect through the season and then lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. So. Yeah. You're right. Nobody nobody's perfect and uh the Vikings have been far from perfect. Mm-hmm. Um leading the league in turnovers, which
1: that's so frustrating. It
0: is a frustrating thing. And I was ready to throw a remote at the TV or something <laughs> when Josh Oliver fumbled the football on the first, first play of the game.
1: First play. After a decent gain. Like was that was a, a good, good catch. play.
0: It was a good catch. And then yeah. <sighs> like
1: everybody's fumbling like nobody you can't sit easy on any play watching the vikings on offense because you're always going to think they're going to fumble or oh they're
0: did they fumble right there even though you
1: know there's no question if they did or not like there's
0: there's some ptsd of like every snap where and i think you were describing this to me and i actually felt it this week Mm -hmm. like Hang on to the ball. Yeah. And I think I repeated that phrase almost every time we made any sort of long game. Like, hang on to the ball. Hang on to
1: the ball. It's just so frustrating to to watch every play, and whether it's a two-yard loss or a 40-yard gain. Like, just at the end, to have to hyper-examine the end of the tackle just to make sure the guy didn't freaking let go of the ball.
0: It was also interesting. I watched the defenders, the Viking defenders, on the drive after the josh oliver fumble Mm -hmm. and they were going after chiefs players trying to rip the ball out of Mm -hmm. their hands and so you gotta wonder like maybe we just don't pay attention that much until it happens to us and then we watch our guys go out and try to make up for it Mm -hmm. Uh, but hanging on to the football in the NFL. It's a tough job. Everybody's yeah. coming after it.
1: Especially when you're known for turning the ball over every 2 seconds. Right. Like if you if they think you're going to fumble, they're just going to believe it when they try to punch the ball out of your hands and it's going to work a lot of times cuz they believe it. They're, you know, picturing the ball coming out of your hands and when it happens every time, it's not it's really frustrating. And another thing about the defenders, they need to learn how to tackle So many open field tackles are missed. And I know that happens a lot in the league for every team, but it just seems like they can't. The Vikings can never get the guy down with one defender, like regardless of where they are on the field, which is extremely frustrating. That's almost as frustrating as a fumble. Mm -hmm. Like you think you got a guy, you know, a quick screen, and there's a cornerback right on him the second he touches the ball and it doesn't even matter cuz cornerback just slides off like the offensive guy is covered in butter then he gains 10 yards and like when you could have had a 2 yard loss
0: i saw that you tweeted at was it dustin baker yeah yeah i did did you ever I, get a response no i didn't i i'm a little surprised cuz
1: i've actually i've interacted with him a couple of times and that seems like the kind of stat that he tweets out Um, you know, the Vikings lead the league in missed tackles. Like, that just seems like something he would know and be able to tweet out. But uh, maybe I'll ask him again. Maybe we'll see if we can get some interaction.
0: It would be an interesting, albeit obscure, stat. Yeah, and
1: maybe it's not one that you can track unless, like, you watch every single game and you're super anal about it and just watching everybody miss tackles. I don't know
0: if missed tackles are a Or whiffed tackles. Statistical category. I mean,
1: I know like you can track it for like you can you know this running back has broken four tackles this game. Like it's something I've seen heard before, but not necessarily on the defensive side of the ball. Like Mm -hmm. oh, this season the Vikings missed X amount of tackles. Like I don't know, I haven't really seen it, but it seems like if they could fix that, it'd be a lot less frustrating a lot less first downs and a lot less 10 minute drives.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think another issue and, and we've already touched on, uh, JJ, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just JJ. Um, a Caleb Evans went down twice mm-hmm. and I think he's out for uh, a little bit. Is that right?
1: Well, I pulled up the injury report that came out today.
0: Yeah. Um, inform us.
1: Oh, it went away. All right. Uh, have to find it oh here we go um so as of thursday which is when we're recording a caleb evans he was limited so i don't necessarily know what that means i mean he wasn't i did not participate at least practicing yeah um him and jordan addison were (laughs) limited limited. that's right practice today um Marcus Davenport, he was limited yesterday on Wednesday, but he was a full participant today from his elbow, not even his ankle. And Kane Wangwu, he he... Uh, Coming back from IR. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if that means he's going to play this week. He was designated to return, so he's currently... This is Wangwu. He's currently in that 21-day practice window where within that window, if you you have to decide if you're going to bring him back to the full roster or if you're going to keep him on IR. And I forget the rules on if you keep him on IR if that's like a season-ending thing or if it's another four games or whatever. But at least for Wang Moon, he's been a full participant two days in a row after missing those first four games. So maybe he's coming back. But, again, it's not like he's a starter. It's not like we're getting JJ back, you know. So, right,
0: But they've thrown him in to return kicks and punts and things like that. He's oh, he's an, electric, he's an electric
1: kick returner. Like, yeah. I mean, at times you could have said – He's the best in the league, you know, in whatever week in previous years. I think he has three touchdowns, two or three touchdowns um, so in his Devin three Hester. year career. Yeah. So he he can definitely, he has the ability to come in and really be a difference maker on the kick return, um, which would be nice. But I don't know that that, outside of the big return that Brandon Powell fumbled away, I don't know that kick returning has been like a huge issue. I mean, obviously you can always do better but it's not like we're saying oh we're losing games cuz we're not good enough on the kick and punt return
0: yeah, it's definitely like a secondary or tertiary issue yeah
1: but i mean if you if you get a touchdown here and there that can i mean if you get one kick return touchdown that can be a huge game changing difference maker
0: special teams can swing momentum absolutely quickly. absolutely so uh,
1: so that'll be nice to get him back but I, I forgot Jordan Addison was on the injury report. But so did
0: I until you mentioned it. Yeah.
1: But I think it said he was a full participant today. So hopefully we're not down our top two receivers against the bears who they're a frustrating team to watch too. Cause I can't really peg like the, the last two weeks they've gotten up to big leads. And then in the second half, they've kind of blown it last week. You know, their previous game, they, they were starting to blow the lead and then they really took the top off and Um, DJ Moore turned into the second coming of Justin Jefferson but (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah I don't know what we've got looking ahead at if we can even beat this uh, terrible Bears team which is kind of a frustrating thing to say
0: well we play in Chicago Mm -hmm. but remember when we did the schedule pick'em we mentioned first of all that this is an outdoor game played in mid october which benefits the vikings the last time the vikings went to chicago we were there in attendance and it was january and it was actually a pretty mild day for january it wasn't super cold
1: yeah we were bundled up and we didn't even really it was in the like
0: low 30s mm-hmm. and high 20s it wasn't terrible um but this will be october 15th and uh I think it'll be a fairly manageable day for the Vikings, weather-wise, anyways. Yeah. Um, So that's encouraging. Um, I've got us winning this game. So does my wife. (laughs) But my kids have us losing. My kids have us going on a three-game losing streak.
1: Oh, that would be way different than what we've seen (laughs) so far this season. We've already had a three-game losing streak.
0: Yeah, my kids have us sitting at three and two right now that is far from reality
1: yep yeah <laughs> just not a lot of exciting things to say about the vikings right now i think they'll beat the bears but who knows i they could come out and crap the bed like they have the whole rest of the season which is so frustrating because you could talk about a couple plays in all of these games where I mean, literally, like, two plays each game where if it goes differently, you're winning the game.
0: Well, yeah, the Chargers game, we were in it until the end. Yeah. Even the Eagles game, we were in it until the end. Mm -hmm.
1: Even this Chiefs game, there was a point towards the end, the Vikings were driving, they were in the red zone, they had, I don't know if it was a screen or not, but a quick pass out to the flank to um, Madison, and he dropped the ball. Or I don't know if it was a good pass or whatever, but he was pretty wide open, and if he would have caught that ball, it would have been a tough touchdown. But it could have been a easily a touchdown, and that would have tied the game up. I'm pretty sure. I'm not. I don't remember exactly when and where it was, but I'm pretty sure it would have tied the game up within the final four minutes of the game. If you catch that ball, I mean, score that touchdown. That's one of the couple of plays. And that's not even a play that, you know, people were complaining about the refs in for the Chiefs game. Like, you just got to do the right things when you're supposed to because you're paid a lot of money to do those things. And when you don't, you end up 1-4. and four.
0: How much of the Vikings 1-4 and four record do you attribute uh, to Kevin O'Connell? And especially those late-game clock management Because it seemed like last year we could almost do no wrong. And it seemed like in those moments he was clutch. Yeah. He was a clutch play caller. He was clutch when it came to managing the clock well. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were several games. I can't pinpoint them. I'd have to really go back and look. But there were several games where I think you and I had both identified moments where he differed so much from Mike Zimmer.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It was very new age. Like, oh yeah. I can't
0: believe they're actually going for yeah. it on fourth down. They're actually It was kind of incredible, like maybe this is how the Vikings finally get to a Super Bowl. Mm. And he's kind of been uh scapegoated, I think, a little bit, at least from what I've seen on Twitter and uh Sports Center and things like that, of like, well, he's struggling to manage the clock. Mm-hmm especially in those late-game clutch situations, which I think is interesting based on our success in those moments only a season ago.
1: Last season, yeah. I mean, I, I would think that KOC himself would put put the blame on him um, just because that's what a head coach does. But I don't know. It's hard to put a lot of blame on somebody when you're turning over the ball every two seconds. Um, it's hard to point it at one guy when it's not just the same guy turning over the ball. Um, I mean, the defense hasn't been great, but they've been on the field for more than half the game, every game. Um, the rushing game hasn't been consistently good, but they cough up the ball every two seconds. Kirk has been okay, but in his worst statistical game, that's the only win the Vikings have this year. So that's kind of weird anyways. And I think he was a little off against the chiefs, like a lot of high balls, um, I don't know. Just he seemed not Kirk like, not good. You know, he seemed like what people think he is.
0: Do I forget who it was? But somebody, uh, was kind of trying to drag Kirk through the mud for going to the Twins game.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Florio f- from
0: maybe yeah. There
1: it was, Mike Florio. He's saying yeah, uh, Pat Mahomes. He spent that time you know, preparing for the game, which there's no way you can know that. Do you know what Pat Mahomes is doing all the time? Like, no. If Pat Mahomes eats chicken nuggets all day and doesn't do <laughs> anything but still wins games, nobody's gonna know or care because he's winning games. If Pat Mahomes lives in the film room and the training room, not like in the weight room and, you know, watching film and preparing every game and they lose every game, nobody cares because they're losing every game. You know, it's just Kirk how dare he take his family to a baseball game? Like, Oh my gosh, that's frustrating. It is. Agreed. I, I, the Kirk can go to a baseball game now. They're one in four. So criticize everybody for everything. But like, that's ridiculous. Like he doesn't live at the facility. Nobody lives there. Maybe the coaches do, but they're supposed to, you know, like, I don't know. It's frustrating. This whole season's frustrating. That's why we drink beer on, on this show.
0: <laughs> Well, let's look ahead to the Bears a little bit and uh, let's talk about potential storylines, anything that we're kind of looking forward to. Obviously, it's going to be kind of a bummer of a game Mm -hmm. because both teams aren't that strong. Um, But I I think I still believe that the Vikings are a much better 1-4 and team than their record shows.
1: I would tend to agree, but again, it doesn't matter because their record's one and four. You know, like, yeah, sure, sure they're, you can have moral victories all day, but like, and I agree, yes. If I had to put money, which I won't, if I had to put money on one of these teams winning this game, my gut says the Vikings, but I'm obviously super biased. And we've seen the Vikings just shoot themselves in the foot every chance they can. They're going to turn the ball over, at least twice, and they're going to miss four or five tackles, and Justin Fields is going to look like the next coming of every, a mix of every Hall of Fame quarterback that's ever taken a step on a football field. He's going to have 500 yards rushing and 500 yards passing, just because that's how this season's going. The Vikings are just going to... You really think...
0: The running back that plays quarterback <laughs> for the Bears is going to come out and look like...
1: Maybe this will be good because a Aiden game Rodgers. like this, because he's... I just I feel it, and it's so annoying, but I feel that Justin Fields is going to come out and luck into 150 yards rushing, and he's going to have a receiver make him look amazing by turning a two-yard dump-off pass into a 50-yard touchdown but this is the kind of game that is going to dupe Bears fans and the front office into thinking Fields is actually good because he's going to luck into so many good things against this team that the Vikings have a tendency of making quarterbacks look the opposing quarterback look like a hall of famer and it's yep. it's just going to happen
0: or <laughs> or we could look at this more positively we could and maybe the Vikings get it figured out
1: yeah, sure.
0: Maybe we, don't, maybe we don't turn the ball over at all. Maybe there's not a single turnover. Maybe, maybe the Bears are the ones that turn the ball over and we take advantage of those. I will, I'll say this for this coming
1: Bears game and the rest of the season. If the Vikings go an entire game without turning the ball over in any given game this whole rest of the season, they will win. Not even just winning the turnover battle. If they go a whole game without turning the ball over they will win and that's my bold take on the rest of the season so if you can go anywhere against the bears and soldier field has been a tough place for the vikings to play you know since my fanhood started for whatever reason and if you can go there and not turn the ball over and maybe not with 12 tackles on defense (laughs) you're gonna win because I think this could be a breakout game for Jordan Addison. I think K.J. Osborne has a little bit of chip on his shoulder because he's not producing like the quote-unquote number two wide receiver he thought he would be this year. He, I, I feel like he thought he would step in and be the Adam Thielen this year, which...
0: I think we all kind of did. Yeah. I and mean, I, I felt really confident in his ability to do so. Yeah, but. he's he's shown really good
1: flashes throughout his career. He's been good. I have been liking the fact that he's a Viking. Um, and even this year, I don't really have any huge reason why. I'd, I mean, I think he had the one game, maybe against the Eagles, if I remember right, that he had some, some rough plays that he could have caught the ball where he didn't. But, I mean, I don't know. He hasn't been fumbling the ball. Uh, so... <laughs> He hasn't – it's not like we're saying KJ is the reason the Vikings are 1-4 right now.
0: I don't have anything other than, like, observational data to back this up, but I kind of think he's a late-season bloomer. Could be. Um. <clears throat> so, again, I'd have to really go back and dig through the previous seasons to see where he's really kind of hit his stride, but mm-hmm. – I don't know. I remain optimistic about him. Yeah,
1: I don't have any immediate reason to think he's going to just be terrible. And now without JJ, I mean, everybody's mindset changes a little bit. So maybe, I don't know, maybe something clicks. I think I mentioned before, like, back in the day when Megatron was playing for the Lions, he was almost a hindrance because he was so good that it's like, oh, we got to make sure Megatron gets the ball as much as possible. And he was the only guy defen- defenders had to worry about. And granted, he still got his numbers. But, like, I feel like he was kind of a hindrance against the Lions because you can't just do the same thing over and over again. And I don't think J.J. has been that for the Vikings. I don't think it's been, like, you know, the Randy number. What what did uh, what did Denny Green call it for Randy Moss? Like the Randy ratio. That's what oh. it was. He had to <laughs> make sure Randy got the ball X amount of times. Um I don't think that's at least been a noticeable thing for fans with JJ. It's not like we're saying, "Oh, you had this guy wide open. Why did you try to force it to JJ? We haven't really seen that. Um, But maybe you feel a little bit more free or feel like you have to step up a little bit more because the best player is out. I mean, of course, that didn't happen against the Chiefs after JJ went down, but I don't know.
0: Well, and you got to look at, you know, the Vikings struggles to run the ball force the Vikings to pass the ball mm-hmm. and then when you're forcing the pass i mean stuff like Kirk throwing uh really untimely picks a 99-yard pick six uh as one of them and your best receiver going out going on IR for mm-hmm. at least 4 weeks with a an injury um Kirk floating some ones some passes over uh TJ and a f- i think a few others he's mm-hmm. been kind of inaccurate on like when you rely on the pass game so much and you don't have that that consistent steady force like we had in Dalvin Cook um you know i i think you're going to see those flaws in the passing game and you don't have the run game to just fall back on yeah you know so, I wonder if there's a little bit of that, like, we're overemphasizing one aspect of the game, and it's kind of becoming an issue. Not mm-hmm. a, It's not a Megatron issue, because it's not one person. Yeah. Um, but I but know what you're saying, yeah. Like, I, I don't know, you, you you've emphasized this aspect of your game planning so much that other teams just know. They just know this is how we're going to have to defend that, and, and we're going to have to take... We're going to have to take away the middle of the field. We're going to have to take away, you know, JJ for sure. And now they're not going to have to worry about that. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. How do, Well, and that could, how do teams defend
1: this Vikings team now that you don't have JJ? Maybe you're going to see somebody that you don't normally see. I mean, maybe the Nkeel Harrys of the world come in and, do something that defenses didn't prepare for because they hadn't seen it yet. I don't know. I just, it's frustrating that after five games, we're still saying, oh, we need to fix the turnovers. Uh, We need to fix the defense. like, this is deep enough into the season now that you should be good at the things you're supposed to be good at. Um, To that point, I think the offensive line has started to look a little bit better. Agree. Pro Football Focus had this as the best offensive line the Vikings have had all season against the Chiefs. Um, Even down to Ed Ingram looking better and good enough that, for whatever reason, Dalton Reisner hasn't seen the field yet. That's true. He has not. Like, outside of a couple of special teams plays. like He hasn't seen the field, which maybe that's because he still doesn't know the playbook well enough to get in the game, or maybe that's because... Nobody has played themselves out of the game to give Reisner an opening during the game. Um, I don't know. But we're not saying the Vikings didn't win because of how bad the offensive line was.
0: It's true. Yeah, no inadvertent, like, uh, stepping on Kirk's foot or causing a fumble when you're an offensive lineman. (laughs) So, yeah, nothing like that. And I would agree. Yeah, it, it seems like the offensive line has really started to... Hit a stride, and hopefully I mean, if they can maintain hopefully we can get these other things figured out mm-hmm. and and really kind of make some headway it's It's a pretty deep hole though that we've dug ourselves in here, oh yeah i mean i don't I don't think you're doing
1: anything this year well I mean,
0: in looking at the schedule here in front of us, we still have some tough games. we've got a Monday night game uh 2 weeks from now against the Niners, arguably the best team in the league.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't see any way the Vikings win that game outside of luck, you know, like that's still a loss for me.
0: Yeah, and I I pegged that as a loss too. Um um the Saints aren't looking bad this year, right? Yeah, I mean they just blew out the Patriots last week. Right um so we've got them coming up in about a month um we've got some other like i would call them winnable games but it'll come down to what we've been talking about turnovers it'll come down to who's healthy and who's not and things like that but i i would say at green bay at atlanta winnable if things are flowing the right direction for us and if we're not turning the ball over Um, at Denver Uh, playing at altitude is always a struggle for players that don't but hopefully in the week leading up to that game they can prepare for that and and be ready for that Mm -hmm. and then we get uh, Monday night after Thanksgiving we get the Bears at home which you have them as a lock to lose Yep. Um, and I had as a lock to win
1: yeah that'll be interesting
0: (coughs) but Anyways, I I think there are some winnable games in the foreseeable future leading up to our bye week in week thirteen. Yeah. So, I mean, we could be coming into the bye week with a five hundred record. Yeah. Possibly.
1: But man, I.
0: That's a it's a less than ideal place to be going into week thirteen. But I would say at that point that would be things going really, really well.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, every problem fixed and all the luck going your way and JJ coming back be- bigger and better than ever. Like, a lot of things have gone right if we're in that scenario you just said. Um, though I will say, playoffs are not mathematically out of the question. They aren't. Nobody's out of it in week, what, five or six. But uh, if... The Vikings get to the point where they have played their way into the playoffs, they'd be a dangerous team. Because that means they've gone from one and four to, you know, one of the wild card spots, and nobody wants to play that team because they've been fixing their issues. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean,
0: I have my doubts as well. But, I mean,. You're kind of the optimist. No, I'm the optimist. Yeah, And you're you the saying? pessimist. I got my words mixed <laughs> up there. You are the pessimist for sure. And mm-hmm. I'm the optimist. And we could go back to uh, a lot of different text threads that you and I have had during many Vikings games. And I'm typically, well, you know, things can improve from here. We'll be all right. We'll figure it out. And you're like, burn the place down. Get yep. rid of everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> my My text to you after you know immediately after i finished watching the the chiefs game was trade everyone fire everyone sell out for the first overall pick <laughs> i i was emotional uh please forgive me all of our great listeners but i mean
0: there was I, a right to be emotional about that game though i mean we were we were in it until the bitter end against arguably one of the better teams in the league and We had a few things that didn't go our way. The picked up pass interference call that probably should have been pass interference. Yeah. Followed by or dovetailed with the Chiefs player taking off his helmet in front of the refs that had zero consequence whatsoever, which should have been a penalty. I'll
1: never, I I don't get that. Why that wasn't a penalty. I mean, it's a well-known thing. Players do not take their helmets off. Right. So much so that During the Minneapolis miracle, when, you know, the nail in the coffin, Diggs caught the ball, ran to the end zone, immediately chucked his helmet, helmet. I put my hands on my head like,
0: oh, no. He's going to get a penalty. Yeah, and they didn't throw
1: the penalty, which, I mean. The game was over at that point. Yeah, and even in that scenario, it would have been enforced
0: on the. Even even Justin Jefferson got fined, uh, like, I don't know, some five-figure amount for his little small man. Celebration. Oh, it was like ten grand, something yeah. like that. Yeah, like, I mean, the NFL is really picky about mm-hmm. the about taunting and about those safety things. Mm-hmm. And you're right; they don't typically mess around when it comes to helmets off on yeah. the field.
1: Well, and even Tyreek Hill got fined for not wearing socks the other day. <laughs> like, they're they're gonna fine you for the dumbest things. Right. And, I mean. the this wasn't a like fining moment but when the ref looks at you and says put your helmet on that's a bad look and i hope somebody got yelled at for that because you don't tell him put your helmet on you throw You throw the flag and tell him that's why you threw the flag like i don't know and i don't i don't think it's necessarily he got you know leeway because he's a chief and the chiefs are the favorite team i don't i don't buy into that but like it's still frustrating and like you said earlier it's not like it would have given the vikings the ball back because it was after the play um but it still would have
0: well shoot if they would have kept the pass interference call that should have been called in the first place yeah i, don't, the, I
1: still don't understand that it,
0: i mean if we think about what could have been in that moment That wasn't. Mm -hmm. If the pass interference call happens, it's a spot foul. We're inside of the five, I think. I
1: think that would have been at the one-yard line.
0: Yeah, I agree. Because I think it was kind of at the goal line is where the pass interference occurred. And then I think the additional personal foul that would have been called for taking the helmet off would have added it would have added 15 yards in a normal situation, Mm -hmm. but we would have been at the one anyways. So it would have been a half the distance to the goal. And then you just do a brotherly shove. Somebody (laughs) pushes Kirk's butt into the end zone and we score a touchdown there Mm -hmm. and we tie the game.
1: Oh, to that note, they the Vikings were successful on that type of a you know the, they the were. one yard QB sneak on and a noticed, fourth down, right? Yeah, well, or either third down or fourth like, down. Yeah, third uh, or th- fourth in inches. They ran it at two or three times and were successful. And I noticed one thing when they did that, it's almost like Kirk took the snap and like almost leaned back for a second and then went forward. It's like he waited for the the. Defensive and offensive lines to collapse a little bit in front of him, and then leaped forward. Like,
0: mm. interesting. You should I didn't go if you that. can
1: go back and watch those couple of plays. And it does seem like he kind of stutter steps a little bit. And I don't know if that was on purpose or by design. It it worked, but because well, when you plays watch usually work anyways. When you
0: watch like Jalen Hurts do that,
1: oh yeah, they do it, and there's like four guys pushing him, and he's
0: well, he like beast. disappears into like Jason Kelsey's butt almost. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like he just yeah. gets swallowed up into the offensive line uh, in front of him and they score touchdowns and they get first downs on that play all the time yeah
1: and a lot of people are frustrated by that play i guess i i don't really know your opinions on the tush push or the brotherly love play i don't see any issue with it because i don't think i don't think they're breaking any rule no i, I think people argue you. that like you shouldn't be able to like push and assist the ball carrier but we see it on stuff like that if a running back like is <laughs> let's say he runs 10 yards and he gets stopped you know a, a yard short of the end zone but he's still on his feet you always see a teammate of his come up and like push the yeah, pile yep. forward and the, the announcers are, are always like oh look at that second effort and oh look his teammates are helping i like that i don't think there's anything wrong with i think the tush push
0: i think it happened in a college game i can't remember but i saw like on twitter or something um, it was on a punt return, and members of the opposing team tried to force the oh. receiving, <laughs> the the receiver to uh, touch the ball. Yeah,
1: you see that every once in a while. Yeah,
0: it, I thought it was funny because there was just this gang of. Uh, defenders mm-hmm. that grabbed, like literally, <laughs> grabbed the punt returner and tried to yeah. force him to touch the ball so mm-hmm. that they could recover the fumble. Yeah, now and that isn't
1: legal. Like you can't block somebody or push somebody into the ball right. like that. You know, that will get called as a penalty. But and I don't
0: know if it did. I yeah. just saw it and I was like, oh, that's creative. I guess
1: I remember back in the day, um, Adrian Peterson. He. He was I don't I don't remember exactly the play but he was getting stopped somewhat short of the goal line within the 2 or 3 yard line and I forget the tight end's name his last name was Ford I'm pretty sure like literally picked up Adrian and like lunged him into the end zone and I was surprised when I saw that this might have been 2012 this might have been the MVP year so way back in the in the day but um I remember at the time thinking like oh is he going to get penalized for that and I think the announcers even said something that I'm not sure about, um, that you can't, you know, assist the ball carrier, but there wasn't a penalty on that play. And Adrian scored the touchdown. I wish I knew when that was and against who, um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure the tight end was Ford.
0: You have to dig through the archives. Yeah, and see should. if you can find that and post it on the socials. Oh, this week. I should.
1: Yeah. It, Cause it was a, a memorable play. I feel like once, if you were to see it, you'd be like, Oh yeah, I, I I've seen that highlight before. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see any issue with it. It's not like you're picking up the ball carrier and running them in, like holding them like a baby and running them around. Which, again, I don't really think there'd be any issue with that either. Like, what's, what's the problem? Pick them up and shove them in the end zone. Like,
0: go for it's it. A, it's a team sport. It should be a team effort. It's to a team get the sport and a physical
1: play. And I mean, that's a huge thing in rugby too. You know, the scrum. Yeah. Yep. You know, just scrum it out. I mean, if you're not breaking any written rule. Like, I, I don't think the tush push does. I don't I don't see any issue with it. If it works, it works. People can be mad, but this league figures out how to stop things. So, and if they can't, then the league figures out how to, you know, rule-wise stop things, which I think may happen, but as of right now, it's not breaking any rules.
0: I think it'd be kind of a, a difficult rule to enforce because there are so many nuances to a play like that.
1: Yeah, I think the way they would do it is just saying you can't, either you can't assist the ball carrier moving forward, or you can't assist the quarterback if he's the ball carrier moving forward. They figure something out. I mean,
0: but yeah, in, in a scrum, as you've described, like yeah. how are you going to identify who the guilty player is?
1: I think it would just be a uh, iffy call, like. You know the the example would be literally the running back coming up and butt cheek to hand pushing somebody forward like that would be the blatant okay that breaks the rule if that's how they were were to change it which I don't think they should it's a physical game like let it be physical agreed 100%. especially in that scenario where it's not like a kick return where guys are running a hundred miles an hour at somebody and bashing heads open this is just strength versus strength so. Nobody's really getting hurt unless you're getting fallen on <laughs> you know like <laughs> it's not a bang bang play, it's just a strong man play
0: well, and they've i mean in recent years, the league has really protected the quarterback yeah um unless he's a ball carrier, true, but we've seen i mean we've seen all of these rules, namely the the roughing the quarterback uh, penalty, kind of evolve and shift with the demands of the game and mm-hmm. you know certain players that will remain nameless have influenced that and
1: you can say tom brady's name that's okay you I can say aaron gonna... Rodgers' name and that's okay
0: <laughs> I, I didn't want to bring them up
1: <laughs> um but i think if they were to change that to try to protect the quarterback the easy thing is to like make sure you have a defensive lineman that can take a snap as the quote-unquote quarterback in that kind of a play, which I'm kind of surprised that hasn't happened. Like the tush-push, but you're really putting your fullback in as the the quarterback. Maybe it does happen. I don't know.
0: Something we didn't talk about from the Chiefs game, I'm just now reminded of this, um, that fake punt was pretty good. That was. A double reverse? I'm kind of surprised they did that because –
1: I mean, it was a quick play, but that kind of play can take a second to, to kind of form a little bit, Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of a ballsy thing to call, especially on top of it being you know a fake punt, Um, and it worked. And Ty Chandler, how many yards did he get? He got definitely enough for the around ten or so yards, like, and it it was all for naught. I
0: saw (laughs) something on Twitter, I think that (laughs) was. Was this lady? That she was like, "I'm a like 50 year old mom that doesn't really care about football." And even I knew that was a fake punt or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, "Cause I was sitting in front of my TV, just kind of thinking like, this would be a great chance to fake it right now." Ooh. And then they did, and I just lost my mind. I was like,
1: "Yes, that and was fans awesome. were booing the coach for throwing the punt team out, like in right. the play, yeah, because
0: like, it was only like two or three yeah, yards, I think, fourth
1: and two ish, I think, and." It ended up working, so KOC looked like a genius, and more so, what's his name, Matt Daniels, the special teams coach. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how often you can get away with that exact kind of a fake punt again because now it's out there, but it worked, and it ultimately led to a loss, so...
0: (laughs) Way to, way to keep <laughs> us grounded there, my friend. Way to keep us grounded. Yeah,
1: I just... It won't be too long. We'll be starting to talk about Caleb Williams' plays and highlights from his games and how cool it would be to draft him with the first overall pick.
0: <sighs> well, how'd that Oktoberfest sit with you?
1: It's good. It's good. It's uh, it's like medicine for for the broken Vikings fan's heart. <laughs> um, So if you're a Vikings fan you need a little something. This one, Millstreams Oktoberfest. It's a 6.2%er. So, I mean, it's up there for an Oktoberfest. It's it's up there. So, enough that you'll feel it, but not too much that you're going to, you know, pass out on the floor mid-game.
0: Um yeah, it's it's been treating me well. What what have you thought? I've had it before, and of course, you know, I love Oktoberfest, so I can't complain at all. It's been a an enjoyable one, for yeah. sure and the podcast has been enjoyable too just yeah. sitting and drinking some beer talking about the vikings yeah uh, the vikings have struggled this year it's, and we can yeah. we can be honest about it's that it's not but
1: a lost season yet but man it's as close as it can be at this point
0: i will choose to remain optimistic
1: yeah um i i will say i'm as much as i joke and actually feel the feels i'm never going to really going to really be one that roots for a loss um, unless it's like the last game of the year and if you lose you're guaranteed to have the first overall pick but outside of that scenario which we witnessed when we went to the vikings bears yes, soldier field game last year i mean people thought the bears were going to have the second pick and the texans were going to have the first because obviously the texans were going to lose but then Levy smith he uh he coached the texans to a win for whatever reason and the bears lost and those were the loudest cheers of the game. Um,
0: from Bears fans. From Bears yes.
1: fans when the Texans actually lost. Cause it was
0: when when the our game, the game that we were there to watch, was over and yeah. done and decided. And, yeah, they the Bears fans had learned that they got the first overall pick. Yep. So
1: And I was happy for them. And now I'm, we're in the same boat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's kind of a battle between us and them. Or yeah. it could end up being a battle, I guess. I'm Towards still rooting for season. wins
1: um, because you can always go get your guy. If you don't have the first overall pick, I mean, Pat Mahomes was not the first overall pick. Bryce Young so far was, and he's not looking amazing. You can always go get your guy. I mean, for Pat Mahomes, the Chiefs, they had like the 20th overall pick, and they traded all the way up to 10 to get him. So, And nobody remembers what they traded because it doesn't matter. They got Pat Mahomes. So – If they can identify the right guy, we're going to be looking at probably a new quarterback next year. Maybe unless they can figure out one more season with Kirk. I don't know. They're going to figure it out. Next year will hopefully be better, and we don't need to root for losses.
0: Don't root for losses. Let's hope for a better end to the season or a a better middle part. To the season for yeah. sure.
1: It's a little freeing though, because at some point, yeah, we're not going to root for losses, but we're not going to care so much. So it'll be there'll be beer games. You know, yeah. we'll we'll mm-hmm. just be watching. And We've who cares?
0: Kind of. I mean, we're we're nearing the point of apathy. We're just like, whatever happens, happens. Yep. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. So next week, we will have a Bears Vikings game to talk about that will have already happened, and talking with us. I believe, will be our show's first guest.
0: That's right. So uh, if you've been counting, this is our ninth episode right here, mm-hmm. this one that you're listening to. The next episode will be episode 10, and in celebration of 10 episodes, mm-hmm. we will be bringing on our first guest. Mm-hmm. Are we going to keep this a surprise, or are we going to reveal the guest?
1: I was going to reveal it, but right. if you, should well, we keep it a surprise?
0: No, you can. We can reveal. All right.
1: Well, we're probably gonna lose a listener next week because one of our very <laughs> few listeners will be on on the show. He's a Bears fan. He's our friend that brews his own beer, even though we can't have that beer because he's an Illinois brewer. That's right. Um, Forrest. Forrest, the Bears fan, is gonna be on the show with us. So that'll be exciting. It will be a good conversation. All, all love, all the way around. No matter what happens in the game. Um, maybe a little jabbing here and there, but it's not going to be an argument. Um, we're going to talk good and bad about both teams no matter what, and uh, hopefully we can jab them a little bit because hopefully the Vikings will have destroyed the Bears.
0: That's the hope. Forrest, he did throw me a bone this week, though. Yeah? I don't know if you saw, but uh, I needed a running back in our fantasy league. Oh,
1: <laughs> did he trade with you? He traded with what me. What did you yeah. send him? I, I'm sure I could look at it. It up. was just
0: a one for one trade. Um I got what what's his name from the Patriots? Um Rashon. I don't know. Oh man. I don't know his name. Oh man Ramonde, Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. That? I got him and I traded Garrett Wilson. Okay. From the Jets. So. Jeez. Okay. Garrett Wilson was on my bench. I was like, well, I need a running back desperately. I had Aaron Jones and uh, Devon Achain. Who is now on the injured reserve, too. He's IR. Jones has been out for a couple weeks, but he's on a bye. Maybe we'll get him back. I don't know. We'll see. But I was in desperate need. I'm surprised because I know back. Forrest,
1: he's been needing a quarterback. I thought he was going to have a Well, yeah, didn't him. he have
0: Anthony Richardson? Yeah,
1: well, yeah, that's a tough. Talk about a tough.
0: No kidding. Tough no kidding.
1: IR spot right there. Jeez. Uh,
0: anyways, I still felt like he kind of threw me a bone a little bit. Yes. Yeah. He didn't have to give up a running back. So I appreciate it, Forrest.
1: Did you initiate the trade?
0: I did. Yep. Hmm. Out of desperation.
1: And did he accept it outright? He did. Nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Forrest's a good guy. It's yeah. a good guy. It should be a good episode next week. Hopefully a happier one. Um,
0: for us anyway. For,
1: for us. It'll be a more, it'll be a fun one regardless. Cause, uh, like we said, Forrest is a beer guy. So maybe we'll talk more about beer than football next week.
0: We are going to require that he brings the beer. <laughs> correct?
1: I believe so. All right. I believe so. Right. Um, I told him, I, I told him he had to recommend a beer. Uh, but well, maybe maybe if the Vikings win, then I'll make sure he has to bring it. Uh, if the Bears win, maybe I'll bring it. I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll sort that out with him.
0: All right, you work that out with him, and we will have our first ever guest. Yeah, on the show next week. Yeah, as we recap the Bears game.
1: The Bears lost the Vikings.
0: <laughs> That's right. You see, you do have a little optimism
1: in you. I mean, I want them to win every game. All right, Ev. Um, if you want the Vikings to win every game or lose, maybe you're in the the fan group that wants the first overall pick and right about now is when you start rooting against the Vikings, uh, let us know. How can they let us know? Uh? At the Skull Hop. Yeah, and that's everywhere. That's, uh, that's Twitter slash X. That's um, Instagram. Um, on Facebook, it's just the Skull Hop. Uh, oh, we did get an email. We got an email last week. um, Do we need to give out a sticker? I told him I'd give him a sticker. Uh, Matt, you've met Matt, I think, maybe. I don't know if you have. Now I'm questioning if you've met him. Uh, Well, at least my friend Matt, um, Matt, if you're listening, hello. He sent us an email, and it was a short email. It was a supportive email. Uh, I'm pretty sure most of what he said was skull. Um, But, yeah, we got one. So thanks, Matt.
0: Thanks, Matt. You get a sticker. You
1: get a sticker. Um, I'm trying to find it. I should have pulled it up already. But, yeah, most of it was uh, supportive. Most of it was just school.
0: Well, thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. Yeah. And we still have more stickers. Yeah, so So
1: Matt's getting a sticker. Uh, If you send us an email and you want a sticker, let us know. Uh, We will gladly send you one. And we'll we'll tell you why it's funny because we still haven't revealed why they're (laughs) funny yet. (laughs) I
0: kind of forgot about that. (laughs) But that was a good reminder. All right. Well, next week, a lot to look forward to. Hopefully a Vikings win, a guest on the show. Hopefully some good beer and some good conversation. But until that time. school, school.